Hello and welcome to another Sunday podcast episode. What's this one called? Etiquette, wasn't it? Table manners or something. (laughs) And uh, hot summers. I'm going to talk about hot summers in a minute. First of all, uh, let's do the weather. 22 degrees. Oh, it's nine. No, it's not. 9.15 in the morning, Saturday. Okay, 8th of, where are we? July 23. 22 degrees, 78% humidity. 10, 14 millibars on the barometer and the wind is non-existent, basically. Now, before we go any further, Aaron, nice to hear from you. You asked what this barometric pressure is. It's air pressure, basically, isn't it? Air pressure. You have a barometer. Do you know, we've got, I think it's seven or eight barometers. I went through a stage of buying barometers from boot sales. You know, car boot sales. I'd see one there for a fiver, I'll have that. One there for eight quid, I'll have that. And we've got barometers all over the place. I've even got one in here on the wall in front of me. Anyway, enough about barometers. It's air pressure and it's measured, well, we measure it on our old barometers here in millibars. Is it millibars? Uh, yes, so it's um, 1,014 millibars is the air pressure. Look it up, Aaron, on uh, Google or something. Also, Aaron, right, you told me about Hannah. She listens to the podcasts. Hello, Hannah. Welcome to this Sunday's podcast episode. I hope you enjoy it. It is so lovely to know that there are younger people listening, apart from old crumblies and wrinklies like myself. Well, hang on a minute. I'm not that old. So hello to you, Hannah. Hope you enjoy this episode. Excellent. Do you remember last Wednesday's midweek message? I talked about having breakfast on the patio. Do you remember that? Well, we did. Our patio table has a gingham cloth on it. I love gingham. It's red and white, well, sort of faded red, pinkish colour now, and white gingham. Plastic, of course, because it's out on the patio. We had a toast rack, which we've got. We had to dig that out. We had a marmalade dish, not just marmalade out of the jar. I'll tell you what people <laughs> what people do, which really annoys both of us. You put butter on your toast, then the knife, which is covered in butter, you stick it in the marmalade jar. So you get butter in the marmalade and make a right mess. So we had a little marmalade dish with a spoon. We had a milk jug. We had a teapot. How about that? A teapot and a milk jug. We didn't have a sugar bowl because neither of us take sugar. Not on cereals or tea or coffee or anything. And we had orange juice in a china jug. Not just out of the cardboard box thing that orange juice comes in. We actually did it all properly. And it was lovely. We watched the squirrels having their breakfast, the birds having their breakfast, and even Gary the tortoise came out onto the lawn to join us all. It was fantastic with the sunshine, properly laid table. I really enjoyed it. Of course, here's the thing, right? (laughs) Here's the thing. It's a palaver, isn't it? Because then you've got to clean up the milk jug, the butter dish, which we don't normally use. In fact, we don't... What do we use? Of course, we use... um, the butter straight out, well, it's not butter, is it? It's margarine straight out of the plastic tub. So we had to put that back into the plastic tub. The orange juice jug, of course, had to be washed. The milk jug had to be washed. The marmalade jug had to be, or pot had to be washed. So there is a lot more to it, obviously. But it was really nice just for once to have a properly laid table with the proper bits and pieces. I think we're going to do that again. We were talking about it and we're going to do that again. I remember in the old days, 50s, 60s, we had a coffee percolator, which was like a big, well, it was like a big chrome pot thing that you plug in 
and it percolates the coffee. Then you can pour the coffee straight out of that into your cups. That was rather nice. We do have a filter coffee machine, but I don't like it. I just don't like the taste of that. There's something not quite, whether it's the wrong coffee we've got, I don't know. But it's something not quite right with it. I don't like it. And also, I think it's a bit odd that they sit there all day. You see this in offices, don't you? Or you used to, where they had the coffee, um, the filter coffee thing, the glass jug, you know. Another news flash there, nothing important. And it would sit there all day. And I just wonder, what does it taste like after several hours of just sitting there being kept warm? I don't think it's nice. I do like fresh coffee. Talking of meal times and laying the table properly, who remembers sitting at the meal table and when you've finished you say to your parents please may I get down and they look at your plate and say no you must finish that bit there or yes you may get down we all had meals properly the family all together at the table these days <laughs> these days kids have cups and plates and stuff in their bedroom they have meals in their bedrooms we didn't do that at all back in the 50s we didn't have cups and plates we didn't eat in the bedroom possibly a packet of crisps something like that if you're allowed crisps you might sit in your bedroom and eat those but we certainly didn't have cups saucers plates and all the other bits and pieces in our bedrooms meal times were meal times where we all sat at the table i do think it's sad the way things have gone over the years certain values seem to have disappeared as I say families sitting together having a meal or even watching television because these days children all have TVs in their bedrooms adults have a TV in their bedroom TV in the lounge possibly even a TV in the dining room and the kitchen I know people have got a telly in the kitchen so while they're cooking and doing whatever they can watch TV I don't is that a good thing I mean I really don't know i I did like sitting down as a family when I was a child, having a meal together, watching TV together. I mean, all right, back in those days, mum and dad might not have wanted to watch Top of the Pops. I quite enjoyed that because I was in my teens at the time. They didn't want to watch it. They were doing something else. They left us to watch Top of the Pops. And then after that, there'd be some programme they'd want or we'd all want to watch. Anyway, no good banging on about the old days. They've gone as people often say to me, you're living in the past. I don't think I'm living in the past. I'm remembering the past. There is a difference, isn't there? I'm remembering the past and the way things used to be, the way things were done properly in the good old days. I remember, it must have been back in the 70s, I think, or 80s, between moving house, you know, one house had gone, buying another one, staying in bed and breakfast just for a couple of weeks, only locally, just round the corner from where we were moving into. And the lady there did everything properly. She had the serviettes, the napkins, you know, in the, the silver rings, the toast rack. It was all done beautifully. A clean tablecloth every morning. It was only bed and breakfast. We didn't have other meals there. But it was wonderful. It was really nice. I just remember thinking then, when we move into this new house, we'll do the same. Of course, we never did because there's never any time, is there? I don't know. When I say new house, it was an old house. I've never lived in a new house. I don't like new houses. I know we're all different. Some people like to move into a brand new house. I don't. I like a house, well, our house. 100 years old it is now. 100 years, in fact, 101 years old now. I like old houses. They've got character, especially some of the big old houses out in the country. Inglenook Fireplace. 
lovely dining room, large hallway, mind you, lots of money. <laughs> you need lots of money for that. But even our house, it's uh, only a basic small end of terrace. Not lots of money there, but it's got character because it's now, as I say, over 100 years old. I bet it could tell a few stories if the walls could talk. I've often thought that. Buildings, houses, what if they could talk? Things that they could come up with, the various stories. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? The house, our house, will remember when breakfast and mealtimes were all done properly. I bet it remembers that. Hot summers. Now, apparently last year, 22, wasn't it, last year, apparently in the UK, we had the hottest June on record. And there were warnings on the TV, on the radio and not on the internet. Be careful, it's hot, people are going to die, it's tremendous heat wave, it's dangerous. On and on and on about this stuff. As someone said uh, on some social media somewhere, what about people that go to Spain, Portugal, down the Mediterranean, a couple of weeks in the summer on holiday? And it can be really hot, absolutely beautiful weather, really hot. Well, they don't seem to get ill or die or anything. And what happened in 1976? No one seems to remember 1976. Perhaps it's only old people like me. In 1976, I was working for a marine electronics company. I was only there for a while. I didn't like it. I didn't like my boss. I didn't like, I didn't want a boss. I didn't like having a boss. You know, I was self-employed most of the time and I don't know why I ended up there. That's another long story. Anyway, in the workshop, it was 90 degrees Fahrenheit. We didn't do centigrade back then. We did Fahrenheit for some reason. As you do in America, of course. You don't do centigrade, do you? Anyway, it was 90 degrees Fahrenheit in the workshop. We didn't have aircon. No one had aircon back then. The only people that had aircon were people down by the Mediterranean or in parts of America. So the shops and the workshop, everywhere, it was at home, everywhere was hot. Very, very hot. What we did... Uh, a couple of the lads and myself in the workshop, when we finished every day at six, I think it was half five or six, straight down to the beach and uh, into the sea. Now, I can't swim, so I paddled. I kind of sat there in the water. Uh, we took our trunks with us, you know, and uh, our swimming gear, a towel. They went for a swim and I just sat in the water and cooled down. Mind you, the water wasn't that cool, if I remember rightly. And there were warnings on the telly. They were saying, and the radio, of course, they were saying, you know, make sure you drink plenty of water. Don't go and sit directly in the sun and get sunburned. But they didn't seem to have this crisis level that they do these days. Look out, the sun's out. We're all going to die. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. The summer of 76, that was lovely. Now, here's the thing. My North Carolina son was born that summer, the summer of 76. How about that? So <laughs> there we are. Not the best of times to be pregnant. I remember, oh dear, I remember his poor mum sitting on the beach. Huge she was, like a beached whale. Well, I better not say that. I'll get told off. Anyway, so that was a good year. That was uh, number one son born, uh, not, on, not born on the beach. No. <laughs> I nearly said born on the beach. Stunner crows, whatever next. Anyway, things have changed. I've seen on the internet pictures from a few years ago. Oh, look, it's a hot summer. And then the pictures of the, you know, like the, the map of the UK. It's all red these days. It's all red and blistering heat. Whereas a few years ago, it was just a map and it might say 30 degrees in places. And they'd say, yeah, it's pretty hot. But these days they do a map of the UK and the whole place is on fire. 
<laughs> I know, just on a serious note for a minute, I know that some people do die from the heat, excessive heat. If you're elderly and uh, you know, you're on your own, you're not drinking enough water, the heat can be, it can be tragic, of course. So do follow the advice if you are getting on a bit, even if you're young, drink plenty of water, not beer, water. Drink plenty of water. What do they reckon? Three pints a day or three litres a day, whatever a litre is, I don't know. I do. I add a little bit of lime. I like lime. A little bit of lime. Is it lime cordial? I've never known what cordial is. What's the difference between cordial and squash? No idea. So add a bit of lime. Have a pint of water. It just takes the, not the edge off the water, but it just makes it a little bit more interesting than plain water. And I try to drink, well I do, I drink at least three a day. Some idiot friend of mine, oh, I have six pints of water a day. Well, that's too much. If you have six pints or more a day, apparently, allegedly, you can wash all the salt out of your body. So that has a detrimental effect. So it's no good going over the top. I remember a friend of mine talking of that workshop. No, he wasn't a friend. He was the boss. Well, he was a kind of friend, but I didn't like him. I remember him talking one morning about cleaning his teeth. How we got round to that, I've no idea. He said, oh, I clean my teeth until my gums bleed. And sort of this chap, other chap and myself were looking at each other and we, we said, what, what do you mean, do your gums bleed? That's not good, surely. Oh, it is, yes, yeah, that's the way to clean your teeth. Anyway, next time I was at my dentist, I said, is it good to clean your teeth till your gums bleed? He said, well, hardly. <laughs> he said, I hope you don't do that. No, 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 I don't do that. That's my idiot boss. There seem to be several helicopters going over now. I don't know what they're doing. We get a lot of helicopters down here along the coast. Now, my son from North Carolina is coming over. Is it this month or next month? I have no idea. I can't remember. And he's going to sort out my computer for me. There's nothing wrong with the computer. It's fine. But he says it needs updating. Everything needs updating because that's what he does. Well, he doesn't do computer. I'm not going to go into his job. It's too complicated. I don't know what he does. People say to me, how is your son doing in, in America? What does he do? I say, oh, he's fine, but I've no idea what he does. Because I haven't. It's all complicated. Anyway, he's over at some stage this summer. I don't know when. I think it's on the calendar somewhere. So I will have the computer all updated and sorted out in my high-tech air-conditioned studio. I wish it was air-conditioned. It's not too bad at the moment. It's 25 degrees. There's a lot of lightning at the moment, out in the channel, the English channel. Apparently the French wanted it called the French channel. <laughs> I think they got upset. Where did I hear that? Oh, I read that somewhere years ago. They wanted it called the French channel. And we've got the Irish Sea, haven't we? So I suppose we could say, well, you can't call that the Irish Sea. That's the English Sea. <laughs> All these names are years, decades, hundreds of years old, aren't they? I don't know why it's called the English channel, but it is. And there's a storm out there at the moment. That was the point. Do you have these lightning alerts on your, uh, an app? I do. My iPad and, and my phone, they make these thunder sounds. Oh, there we go. Something else is happening now. They make these thunder sounds. And uh, you can have a look on your lightning app to see where it is. And I had a look just now. It's right out in the channel and it's heading this way. I've disconnected all my radio aerials because... A big piece of wire, long piece of wire, over 100 foot long, up in the air, is really asking for trouble if a, a storm is getting closer and closer. So I disconnect the aerials and connect them all to earth or to ground. Anyway, you're not interested in amateur radio, are you? Ham radio. 
Who is it that told me off? It's not amateur, as I say, it's amateur, amateur. Someone told me off about that, the way I pronounce the word amateur, I say, amateur. I think I'll just call it ham radio. Now, things go wrong, don't they? Trish went round the post, not the post office, some parcel drop-off thing later. Absolute disaster. She didn't get a tracking number, so she got stressed. <laughs> Good start to the day, isn't it? Now, how about this, talking of stressed? Number two daughter and her family, all six of them, they're off to America today, talking of America. I don't think they're going to North Carolina. So what do they do? They booked a taxi, a taxi firm, rang them up. We need a big vehicle. We've got six of us and a load of suitcases and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yep, not to worry. We will be there at that date, at that time, with a big vehicle to pick you all up. So what happens? They're all ready by the front door. Little car turned up. Taxi. <laughs> what, for all of us and our luggage? Where's the big taxi? Where's the big people carrier? Oh, they didn't tell me that. Oh, for goodness sake. They've now had to drive their own car, which is quite a big car, I think to Heathrow. They've got to pay parking. They've gone for a month. They've got to pay parking. Oh, nightmare. Why doesn't anything work properly? Because she's on the phone to us having a... She said, I need to rant. Having a right go. I need a rant. It's funny how you need to rant. Do you need to rant? I do sometimes, especially when I'm driving. I won't tell you what I say, <laughs> what I say about other drivers. But I will say to Trish, very often, I'm surrounded by fools, which I am. I don't suffer fools gladly or any other way, to be, to be honest. Just looking at my notes here. What have I got written down here? I'll tell you about the notes in a minute. Just something else not being done properly. I won't say where it was, but we had breakfast out. Very nice breakfast. Trish said, I'll have scrambled egg on toast with mushrooms and bacon. Yep, the woman's got it all on her iPad. Dink, 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 dink. There we go. We paid, off she went. Our breakfast all turned up. Mine was lovely. Did you hear that thunder? Trish said, uh, where's my bacon and mushrooms? Oh, oh, sorry, I, I did put it on the order. Oh. So she started her breakfast, halfway through her breakfast, the bacon and mushrooms turned up. And they gave her an extra rasher of bacon for her having to wait. But nothing works properly, does it? Whatever you do, it, something goes wrong, it seems. It wasn't like this in the old days, the good old days, or was it? I don't remember things going wrong like this. I just don't remember it at all. Of course, we didn't have computers in the 50s and 60s. You could pick up the, your telephone, dial the number and speak to a human being. Whereas these days, oh, what was it the other day? I was trying to organise something. I forget what it was. Ring, ring. Oh, good morning. This is so-and-so. Press one for this. Press two for that. Press three. OK, I press one. Press one. Hello, welcome to so-and-so. Press one for this. and I've just pressed one. Oh, this is another one. In the end, I hung up. Trish said, I thought you could have... I said, no, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered with it. Well, press this, press that. Then it may be some time. Then you get music. There used to be green sleeves they'd play at you. Do you remember that? It was green sleeves. Awful. Well, no, I like green sleeves. A lovely piece of music, but not the way they did it over the phone. This didn't happen back in the old days. I don't know whether it's just because of computers, is it? Everything seems to go wrong. I know someone, I'm not going to mention it, I know someone who has been presented with a bill, some work to, to be done, and they said, only pay by debit card, we don't take credit cards. And I said, well, you know why? Because credit card, you can get your money back if it all goes wrong. Debit card, that's it, once you've paid, that's it. It's a disaster. I won't say who it is or where or anything, obviously. 
to protect the guilty, <laughs> the innocent. But it's a nightmare. It's turning out. It's been going on for months. In fact, I think a year now. Various work needs to be done and they keep having different... Oh, absolute nightmare. Back in the old days, you pick up your telephone, dial your number, and they'd say, yep, we can come along tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. None of this all-day business you have to wait in. We'll be there Thursday, right? You take the day off work, you wait in all day, and they don't turn up. So you contact them. Oh, yeah, sorry, we were busy. We'll be there next Monday. Right, I'm going to take Monday off work, OK? Are you going to be here? Oh, yeah, 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 we'll be there Monday. No, they're not. You're lying. You won't be there Monday at all. <laughs> a bit like the weather forecast. They lie all the time. Like a cheap watch, they lie. <laughs> I think a lot of the problems, well, not people not turning up, but a lot of the problems these days, there are just too many people. The hospital, I know someone recently that went to A&E, that's accident and emergency in the UK. If you're outside, I think you call it different things. What do you call it in America? Not A&E. I forget what you call it now. Anyway, this person went there. They were there hours and hours and hours. And uh, I won't go into the whole story, but the queues there at A&E were just horrendous. You just, you literally are there waiting all day. Fortunately, I haven't been to A&E. I don't think I've ever been to A&E with problems, fortunately. But I know several people that have, and it's the same story. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. I suppose just too many people. So many people want to go to the hospital at the same time. The hospital can't cope. It's not their fault. They can't cope. I suppose I did go to A&E when I was 14. Do you remember I told you I ruptured my liver? I went to hospital in an ambulance, so I suppose that was A&E. And then I was admitted, of course. But I think that's the only time I've been to A&E. Because here we dial 999 for emergency. In America, it's 911, isn't it? 911. Then we've got a new thing. You can dial 111, which you can... I think they give you medical advice. So if you phone 111 and say, my arm's dropped off, and I've lost 15 pints of blood, they will say best thing is to then dial 999 for an ambulance. But if you phone 111 and just say, I've got a bit of a cold, they'll say, well, get off the line and go and take some paracetamol. I think that storm is getting closer. I keep getting these thunder or storm alerts on my phone and iPad. It's quite a good app to have, actually. Oh, talking of apps, have you heard of this new one, Threads? Is it? It's to uh, combat Twitter threads there we are <laughs> it's part of instagram and facebook i try to steer clear of all this stuff i can't cope with it it's all too much messages everywhere and alerts coming up all over the place i really don't know what's going on anyway that's something new threads i think it came out last wednesday so i'm not sure how it's doing i haven't even looked and i'm not going to i do have news alerts because uh, they're quite useful see what's going on and on my watch, I'll have a little alert come up if I've received an email, because that's quite useful. But apart from that, I can't be bothered with it all. I used to love the summertime when I was young, as I've said before. Six weeks school holiday in the summer. Fantastic. Over the woods, out in the garden. All sorts of things to do. Never bored. Never bored for five seconds. You know, there's always stuff going on. The other day I turned into this new housing estate. We were coming back from somewhere or other. Oh, Arundel, wasn't it? Coming back from Arundel. And I turned into this new housing estate just to have a look because that's where the woods were that I used to play in when I was a child. There wasn't one tree left. They haven't left one tree anywhere. There's not a, a little patch of green grass anywhere. 
You'd think that they'd, I suppose it's money, isn't it? If they leave a, a few square yards or metres of grass and leave a tree in the middle of it, well, you could put another house there. So that's losing money if you just have a patch of grass and leave a tree. But it is a shame. I was trying to work out where the pond, where well, there were several ponds, where they were. But of course, there's no, there are no recognisable landmarks at all now. Everything is gone. But someone's house there, or several of the houses where there were ponds, they're built where the ponds were. Will they sink eventually? Will they sink the houses? I don't know. How deep do you have to go down if you're digging out a pond, getting rid of it? How deep do you have to go down before you reach solid ground and not just wet mud? But it was a shame, though, driving round that housing estate and thinking, this is where I came every summer and in the winter, in the snow, into the woods, climbing the trees, playing around with the pond. Fantastic. Now, it's all concrete. As I said, we were driving back from Arundel. How long did it take us? I think I told you last Wednesday, didn't I? One hour to get from here to Arundel. Did I tell you? One hour. Can't believe it. The traffic. It's absolutely gridlocked everywhere. Roadworks. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I just don't know what will happen. We, we're getting more and more cars on the road every day. Every, it's hopeless. They're parked on the pavements. Wherever you go, there are cars on the pavements. In the old days, 50s, 60s, 70s, no one would dream of parking on the pavement, on the sidewalk. You just didn't do it. That's for people to walk. Wheelchairs, people with prams, buggies, pushchairs. You, you didn't park your car half on the pavement and block it. Whereas now, it's the, it's the norm, to be honest. Wherever you go, they're on the pavement. That should have been stopped, nipped in the bud as soon as it started. Anyone on the pavement, right, that's it, you're busted. £100 million fine. But of course now it's just the normal thing. Everyone parks half on the pavement or even block the pavement. I saw a car the other day. There's another thunder alert. We were going out for a little walk just around the few streets. It was a lovely day. And this car was parked fully on the pavement, all four wheels, against the hedge outside this house. We had to walk in the road to get round it. I mean, that's not... I don't know. That wouldn't have happened before. The copper would have come along on his bike, evening, oh, you're nicked. And they would have, I don't know what they would have done, towed the car away, I expect. We've been on holiday to Cyprus a couple of times. And one noticeable thing, I don't know whether it was just, was it uh, Paphos where we stayed? The pavements, the curbs, you know, the curb, it was at least a foot high. And I, I remember thinking, that is to stop cars parking on the pavement. And it did. You couldn't park on the pavement because you couldn't get the wheel, any wheels of your car, up this curb that was a foot high. That's the answer, isn't it? That's the way to do it. Funny thing is there, we were on this coach trip and it was in the evening, late evening, we were coming back to the hotel place and the traffic lights were red. And I, I don't know why, I just assumed he was going to stop at the red light. He slowed down, looked either way, looked left, looked right, and then drove through the red light and carried on. We were up the front of the coach and I said to the driver, you went through a red light. Oh, that's OK. That's OK. If there's nothing coming, that's OK. <laughs> I thought you couldn't do that here. Stone the crows, so much traffic here. Of course, there's hardly any traffic in Cyprus. Well, in comparison, anyway. The roads are quiet over there. But I thought that was brilliant. If there's nothing coming... And it's sort of late evening, it's a quiet time, no cars around. Why sit at the red light? Just drive through. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Thank you for all your emails and messages. Lovely to hear from you all. Raiserants at protonmail.com. Be great to hear from you if you've got anything to say. Or just say, hi, I'm Fred from Australia or I'm Ian from Scotland or whatever. Just be nice to hear from you. Email from Harry, not Prince Harry. (laughs) Hello, Harry. Harry is 92 years old. Well done to you, Harry. Lovely to hear from you. He says, you're right about the old days. They were better. Well, you would say that, Harry. You're older than me. 92. What am I, 72? You're 20 years older than me. Good grief. I hope I live to that age. That would be nice. Harry says he's in good health and enjoying... Oh, I like this. Enjoying retirement. How long have you been retired then, Harry? It sounds like you've only just retired a, a few years ago. I'm enjoying retirement, he says. Well, you should have been retired about 30 years. Anyway, he's uh, basically saying he remembers, obviously, a lot earlier than I do. He was around in the the 40s and 50s. I mean, I was around in the 50s, but I was a baby. So he remembers all that. And he says uh, many of the things that I have spoken about bring back lovely memories for him. He's listened to all the podcast episodes. Good grief, that's a lot of hours, Harry, isn't it? But he's enjoyed all the episodes, apparently, which is good. And he says all the things I've said over the years such as post offices and, well, we don't have post offices anymore, do we? There is no post office near us. It's miles away. They've all closed. The telephone boxes. He says, it's lovely having all these memories brought back. That's nice, Harry. Thank you. I'm going to have to turn this phone off because I'm getting more and more lightning, you know, storm thunder type alerts. So I may have to turn it off in a minute. But yeah, great to hear from you, Harry. Oh, there it goes again. Down the crow's I'll tell you what. I'll throw the phone over there out of the way. <laughs> so we've got Harry at 92 and young Hannah. Well, to say Hannah's age, but uh, a long way, <laughs> a long way away from Harry's age. Good grief. So that's really nice. One end of the scale to the other. That's fantastic. Whenever I see youngsters around or the grandchildren, we've got, uh, yeah, one of them's what, seven? No, he's eight. He's eight in a minute, I think. I often think of their future. Look at the, sorry, not future. I better pronounce that correctly, hadn't I? I get told off. Future. Is it future? Future. Anyway, in the years to come, that <laughs> solves that problem. In his lifetime, all the youngsters in their lifetime, what will they have? Look at the way computers are going, all this AI stuff. Will they have a keyboard? Or will they just speak to the computer? They probably won't need a keyboard at all. I don't know how it will work. You imagine how fast technology is progressing in just, I mean, in my lifetime, in another 10 years, hopefully I'll still be here, I will probably see huge changes. So if you're a child now, what are you going to see in your lifetime? Amazing. Mind you, I suppose people used to say that back when I was a child. Oh, look at the way cars are progressing and technology and radio and television. What will happen in his lifetime? Well, computers happened in my lifetime, didn't they? And what will happen at work with jobs, with employment? Now, Trisha's dad was a train driver and he started on the steam engines many, many years ago. (laughs) Too many years ago to remember. He started off as whatever, then he was the fireman, then he was the driver. Then electric trains came along. I think the last steam engine ran on our southern railway down here in 67. I went to see it go through Worthing Railway Station that was the last one. Then they were all electric, of course. So Trisha's dad went over to driving electric trains. What happened to the firemen? 
He wasn't needed anymore. I think they gave them other jobs. But the fireman on the steam engine, he was basically redundant. You don't need a fireman on an electric train or a diesel. Yeah, her dad drove diesels as well. So what's going to happen? Because more and more people are losing their jobs because their jobs don't exist anymore. Look at all the uh, the post office, the sorting office. That's all been replaced with electronic equipment. I remember back in my day as a teenager hearing people saying that so-and-so is going to lose his job. He's not needed anymore. He's redundant. He's been in that job for 30, 40 years and now they're throwing him out. But this is progress. Well, so-called progress. Technology is all progressing, isn't it? Of course, with this AI, this artificial intelligence, I've heard people saying, do we need authors to write books anymore? You can tell AI to write you a book. I did it recently. I said, write a love story. And I gave it a couple of names and a, a sort of few details. And it wrote this lovely story. It was really nice. It was well written. One or two mistakes here and there. I don't have the pay for version. I've got the free AI thing, which isn't as good as the one you pay for. But it wrote this lovely story. I've asked it to do several things and it's fantastic. I asked it to write a poem the other day. That was brilliant. So who needs authors? Do you think the day will come when none of us do any work? We'll have robots doing everything for us. What will we do? Probably sit around bored thinking, thinking I wish the old days were here again. I'd love to be able to go and mow the lawn, do a bit of gardening and clean the windows. It's all done for me now. And in a few years' time, now here's the thing, will we be thinking, I wish we still had cash. I missed having cash in my pocket. They're trying to do away with cash, aren't they? What is going to happen? A friend of mine says, do you want to buy this radio? I've got 15 quid. Oh yeah, I'll pop round and pick it up. I've got to pay him with some machine or something. I don't know what it is. We'll all have machines, won't we, to take payments and things. Or you go in the sweet shop. I'll have a quarter pound of pear drops, please. That's one and sixpence halfpenny. <laughs> How are you going to pay for that? I don't know about this cashless society. Is it going to work? I suppose one day it will happen, won't it? Back in the early days when I was a child, if someone said to me, one day there won't be any money, I probably would have thought, ah, we're going back to bartering. I'll tell you what, I'll give you two and a half chickens for that goat. No, three chickens. Oh, go on then. Three chickens for that goat. Perhaps that will come back round. Imagine jobs on the side, you know, a cheeky little cash job. No VAT, no income tax, no inland revenue. Oh, I must hasten to add, I'm only, this is a, a joke, right? It's not real. Don't want the inland revenue investigating me. No, I'm retired now. I'm okay now. I'm out of the whole system. But if someone had said back then, there won't be any cash in the years to come, how are we going to pay for jobs on the side? Someone says, oh, I'll fix your tap for you. I'll put a new PowerPoint in for you. There you go. Give us, tell you what, make it 30 quid. We well, can't make it 30 quid now. Not if he's in business and he doesn't want to put that cash through the books. So will it be, well, I'll tell you what, I've got two cabbages, bag of tomatoes. I've just got some onions that are ready. How about, how about that instead of 30 quid? I don't know. But will it go back to that? Bartering. My tap's dripping. Yeah, I'll put your new washer on. What you got? Oh, new washer. We take a cabbage, two cabbages gone. I'm two cabbages and I'm losing money. <laughs> you never know, it might come back to that. That would be fascinating, wouldn't it? It's getting dark now. It's uh, 20 to 11 and it's getting dark. We are expecting, I think from midday onwards, heavy rain. 
and uh, a thunderstorm actually over us. So that'll be interesting. I will record that if the storm turns up, I will record it. I know I've been threatening to do that. Once I had trouble with the recorder, the next time I wasn't here, I was out when we had a storm and I didn't have the recorder with me. Now then, it did thunder. We had rain and thunder. Unfortunately, you know what it's like. I sat down the garden in a, a shelter. We've got a pergola with the roof. I sat there recording the rain and a little thunder clap and all this and some lightning. And I thought I'd, what I need really is a big thunder roll. After, I don't know, after quite a while, I turned it off. I thought this is no good. It's not going to do it. As soon as I turned the recorder off, crash, the biggest thunder. It shook the place. Anyway, here's a little bit of thunder <laughs> and a little bit of rain for you. That's better than nothing. Now, I've had an email from Nina. Hello, Nina. Lovely to hear from you. She says, I was talking about summer, which I was, wasn't I? Uh, Wednesday, was it? Or the week before? Can't remember. And it reminded her of a long, hot summer. I don't know where you are, Nina. I think UK, from what you've said. A long, hot summer. Now, I don't know whether that was 76 or how old you are or anything, but this is Nina's story. During this long, hot summer, I'm not going to read out the whole email, I'll just tell you roughly the story. She went up to the countryside where one night she found a, a bit of a, a rave going on. I remember that. I went to, anyway, that's another story. Okay, and she joined in. Ah, that yeah, this does actually give a clue to when it was. She's talking about hippies. She was a hippie. I was a hippie. Fantastic in the old days being a hippie. And she joined in. And there was this chap there that befriended her and he shared his drinks with her. She says that he had beer and wine and various other drinks. Fantastic fun. There was music. I wonder what gear he had the music on. Did it have an amplifier and stuff like that? How many were there? I suppose this has got nothing to do with the actual story. She met this chap. They got on really well at this loving, as she called it. Do you remember lovings? Probably not. I went to a couple of lovings. I didn't find it loving at all. I found, anyway. Um, and she started going out with this chap, which was great. He was really nice. She enjoyed his company. They got on really well. And they enjoyed this long, hot summer, as she put. Wasn't that a record? Long, hot summer nights or something. Anyway, she enjoyed the long, hot summer nights. Only to find, in September, he was married. She said that they were going out. Where were they? Let me just check this. Hold on. I've got to get this right, Nina. Oh, yeah, you're going downtown. And this lady called out to him, to this, she hasn't given the name. And he looked over to this lady. The lady walked towards him and said, what are you doing here? And who's this? And Nina said, oh, hi, I'm Nina. Who are you? Well, I'm, again, no names. I'm his wife. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dear me. So that was a lovely long hot summer, she said. We had some long hot summer nights and all sorts just to find out in September that he was married. That reminds me of the other record. It might as well rain until September. Well, she had summertime and long hot summer nights until September when it was ruined. That's awful, Nina. She goes on to say at the end of her email that uh, she later discovered that he had told his wife that he worked away a lot. He was quite a bit older than her. 
Oh, now here's the thing, Nina. You see, you shouldn't go out with older men. <laughs> I don't know. Do That's something else that cropped up oh, some months ago. Someone I was talking to said, girls, sort of teenage girls, usually go out with boys who are a few years older than themselves. Why isn't it the other way around? And that got me thinking about my girlfriends. They were all younger than me. I do remember that. I think there was one girl, well, girl, lady, woman I went out with. I was, I don't know how old I was, teens. And I discovered I'd been going out with her for a couple of weeks. I wasn't sure of her age. I knew she was a couple of years older than me. I discovered she was 32. 32. And that was really old. For you know, I'm a teenage. What was I, 18, 19? She said to me one day when we were out, I better tell you uh, my real age. And she was saying, what do you think? Because I was being polite. Oh, I don't know, 18. I thought she was about 22, 23. She said, well, that's very nice of you, but a bit more. Uh, 20? Um, no, a bit more. Anyway, it ended up at 32. And I, I don't know. I just had no idea. It's very deceptive sometimes, age. I'm no good at telling the age of people. I remember there was a girl that used to come into a pub that I went to. She'd come in quite regularly and I knew her to say hello to. Several people said hello to her. She came in with friends. And one night, she came in with this really old chap. Well, I thought he was old. It was her dad. And he said, he said, oh, I want to speak to the landlord. And this chap said, yep, that's me. What's the problem? He said, right, this girl, I won't mention her name, that's been coming in here. And he said, oh, yeah, hello. Mentioned her name, you know. Hello, how are you doing? And he said, well, I'm her father. And he said, oh, oh, good. Yeah, what are you drinking? You know, he's being all friendly. He said, I'm not. Okay, what's the problem? This girl was 14 and she'd been visiting several pubs regularly. She looked at least 18. I quite understood the bar staff. I mean, she looked 18. And her dad said, never serve her again. And of course, the landlord said, well, I won't now. I know her age. 14. Honestly, she didn't look 14 at all. Good job. I didn't ask her out, didn't it? One other part of Nina's email I can mention. She said I can read the whole thing out, but I won't because it's rather a long email. Um, but she says, you know what it, <laughs> you know what it's like when the summer's really hot. She says passion rises, doesn't it? Uh, okay, Nina, I'm not sure about that. Moving on swiftly. Now I know what you mean. I used to go to some of these hippie things up on the downs in the woods near the downs. I remember one that I came across. I might have told you before, this rings a, a distant bell, actually. I was looking for a barn dance. They reckon there was a barn dance somewhere up in the woods. Anyway, I didn't find the barn dance, but I saw a load of hippies in the woods. So I wandered over. <laughs> I'd got some beers because I, I was expecting to go to the barn dance. Anyway, I wandered over and said, all right, if I join you, hey, man, yeah, cool, fab, dig or whatever. <laughs> no, they weren't like that. They were just like me. They weren't. I never did any of that. Did you do any of that? Were you a hippie? Let me know if you're a hippie. Ray, raise rants at protonmail.com. Who has it asked me recently? Were you a rocker or a mod? I said, neither. I was a hippie. Anyway, I joined this lot and it was fantastic. They were smoking dodgy things. Of course, I didn't. Upright pillar of the community, stone the crows. So I sat there on this log and joined in. They had a campfire going. <laughs> it was brilliant that was another hot summer night and I met this girl there she was brilliant we got on really well and went out for a I don't know a few weeks a few months she liked the same sort of music that I did she was into Hendrix 
because hippies were into Hendrix, weren't they? I saw him at the Royal Albert Hall. Goodness me, that's a long time ago. Anyway, that was really good. They used to have these, they weren't raves. When I said rave, I think that's the wrong word. They just had these sort of get-togethers in the woods. They'd light a fire and someone would have some music, transistor radio or something like that, put on Radio London or Radio Caroline. And we'd just sit there smoking, drinking, having a chat round the campfire. It was really good. I enjoyed that. There was one, there was actually a rave not so many years ago. I've never been to a rave, a proper rave. And <laughs> I've always wanted to go to one. Anyway, a few years ago, there was one not far from where we live. And I heard about it too late, probably just as well because the police raided it and people got arrested. Imagine the local paper, man in his 70s arrested at rave on Downs. <laughs> Some old boy in his 70s at a rave. Fantastic. No, I would like that with the lights and the, the music and oh, it would be fantastic. Isn't it funny how it doesn't matter what age you are, how old you get, you know, the body gets old, but the mind still wants to do all these things. But uh, the body says, no, 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 you're too old for that. We're not doing it. The girl I met at the rave, I, I sort of kept her a secret. I'm not quite sure why. We had this secret relationship going on. Didn't take her to the local pub where I went. And we had our own sort of friends and lives, but we didn't mix them together. It was rather odd. I can't quite remember why, but we used to <laughs> we used to meet in the woods. Normally, you you know you go out with a girl, you meet them in the pub or pick them up from the house. But uh, the woods were very close to where she lived. I knew where she lived, and I had her phone number. But uh, we'd meet in the woods, and she'd take some I don't know vodka or whatever it was she drank. I'd take some beers. And we'd sit there with a transistor radio, just the two of us. And I think it was, was it a few weeks or months we we did that? I can't remember. It's a long time ago. But that was brilliant. I don't know why we split up. I remember her saying, I'd like to live in the woods in a log cabin. And that's exactly what I would like to do. I've always said that. You probably remember me saying that at times. I'd love to live in the woods in a log cabin, just with the animals. You would need a pub, though, just down the road, not too far, perhaps just down the track a pub. <laughs> well, you've got to survive. You need a pub to survive. But I could have lived in the woods with her in a, in a log cabin. <laughs> Dear. We used to dream in those days. Well, we still do. Who dreams, even though you're old? How about you, Harry? 92 years old. There we are. Have you been to a rave, Harry, recently? <laughs> I certainly haven't. Harry, if you're still listening, if you haven't dozed off by now, how about raves and things? Well, not raves, but did you Meet in the woods. Were you a teddy boy or something in the 50s? Love to hear from you again, Harry. I remember with that hippie girl in the woods, in the other weekends, in the summertime, we used to sleep there. We'd have old blankets and stuff and we'd sleep there, you know, wake up in the morning to the birds singing. That was nice. And I just remembered why we kind of split up or probably why it was. Because when the summer ended, we couldn't go to the woods. You know, the autumn, the weather was often horrible, rain, wind dreadful all that stuff and I think that's why we kind of drifted apart talking of rain and wind after all that thunder we had the sun came out no wind at all absolutely red hot outside there in the garden it's amazing honestly the British weather it's fantastic the changes that could happen within minutes this is why I think us Brits are obsessed with the weather whenever you meet someone hi how you doing oh not too bad how about that rain yesterday isn't it hot Nice weather forecast for tomorrow. That's all we talk about is the weather. <laughs> Dear. 
happy days. I'm going to clear off now. I've bored you for long enough. I'm going to clear off and have a beer because it's now Saturday evening. And this is going on tomorrow morning. We're going to, where are we going tomorrow? We're going to Parham. There's a, a military vehicle show, a steam rally, uh, brother-in-law's there, sister-in-law, a few other people we know. So we're going to Parham. Look it up on the map, Parham House. It's in the grounds of Parham House. Unfortunately, the weather forecast is rain and storms. <laughs> but we've booked our tickets, we've paid. It's only a tenner each, but we're going to go regardless of the rain. Perhaps I'll go dressed as a hippie. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Meet some girls there. Oh, what am I saying? Right, I shall see you on Wednesday with the midweek message. Behave yourselves. Don't go to any illegal raves. And if you do, and it's near me, let me know. Contact me, send me an email. Tell me where it is and I'll see you there. Take care. Bye-bye for now.